Canicross Conversations, chatting all things dogs and running. Join me, Michelle. Me, Louise, as we chat to guests and experts about dogs and running, sometimes whilst we are out running. Welcome to this week's Canicross Conversations. Now, today we've got Alex Cook, the sports dietitian, on with us because we're going to talk about us, the humans, for a change and the fuel that we need when we go out running. So, welcome, Alex, and please do introduce yourself. Hi, thank you for having me on. Um, so, I'm Alex Cook, I'm a sports dietitian. Um, I'm also a runner, um, have been a runner for longer than I've been a dietitian, um, and I also do canicross, so <laughs> I'm quite a good fit for the chat today. You um, are, definitely. <laughs> I specialise in um, endurance sport, um, and I'd probably say 98% of my athletes are runners, I'd say the other percentage are cyclists and triathletes, um, so I specialise in endurance sport. And um, I work with all sorts of athletes from right from the beginners right up to elite, um, you know, because everyone is just as important and has their own demands and their own special circumstances. Um, so I have a dog called Maggie and um, she is quite new in my life. She is two years old and I've never had dogs before. And, um She's wonderful, um, <laughs> and I love running with her. She um, she does keep me fit. I've actually had quite um, quite a slow return back to. I did uh, had quite a big year last year with um, training, yeah. and I had some really good races and some really good PBs. And then uh, once I did uh, the marathon in October, I just stopped. <laughs> I just stopped running. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And um, had a bit of a break and then I got COVID so I had more of a break so actually Maggie's been really good at getting me back because she pulls me really fast when she's on the harness and when she's off the harness she runs really fast and I have to run really fast to keep up with her to make sure I don't lose her and um, so she's been a great training partner. And that's that's how we sort of got to know each other wasn't it Alex because you started yeah. asking me questions about Yes. Dogs and uh, canny cross. So, um, yeah. yeah, so hopefully I've been of some help during yeah, that. Yeah, of course you have, definitely. <laughs> so it's been uh, quite an interesting journey to see you uh, see you go with that. But as I said earlier, we wanted to talk about human nutrition while we've got you on. Um, and um, because I think sometimes we focus so much on our dogs that we forget about forget about us, uh, especially if we're just going out for a run or something like that. Yeah. Um, so in canny cross, obviously this is a canny cross um podcast we tend to focus on five to ten k most people tend mm -hmm. to focus on that sort of distances we can go longer and we'll talk about that afterwards but what are the main things we as humans need to focus on um if we're running these shorter distance regularly to keep ourselves fit and healthy i think um really the first step i think i find a lot of people that do are new to running or um you know have just sort of started back they straight away think they need to be doing these sort of um, really extreme things with their diet, you know, right, well, I need to cut out alcohol, I need to, you know, reduce carbs or all these sort of, you know, become vegan, you know, quite a lot of people will sometimes do quite drastic changes. Um, but actually, and even if even if I'm working at first with elite athletes, it's getting the basics right that is the most important thing. And even though it's not very exciting, um, you know, unless you're getting the basics of a healthy diet first, then you can't build on that. Um, so, you know, it's really important things, making sure, you know, you are having three meals a day. 
Yeah. And within those three meals a day, I speak about checking that you've got that good food group balance. So simply saying, have I got some carbs? Have I got some protein? And have I got some vegetables or salad or maybe for breakfast and fruit? You know, that is the, the first sort of basic step. And that's three times a day. And then obviously looking at things like, am I having enough fruit and veg? You know, the five a day minimum, um, which most of us probably don't. Um, so that's, again, quite a simple and probably a little bit of a boring step. Still important. Um, and then also thinking about when you're going to run. So if you have your breakfast at seven o'clock and you're not going to run till 12 o'clock, you've got to think, well, actually, that's too long to go between a meal and going out for a run. So you need to sort of plan ahead a bit and think, right, well, I'm going to need a mid-morning snack so that, you know, I'm having something to eat a few hours before my run. And then when you get from back from your run, have your lunch. So it's just simple steps, you know, making sure I'm drinking enough water. You need mm. to have to go crazy, but the majority of us don't drink enough water, even if we're runners or not. Yeah. Simple steps They're like guilty. Keeping... <laughs> yeah, well, I think we all are. And I think just simple steps like looking at the colour of your wee when you go to the loo. Yeah. And if it's a bit too dark, think, oh, I better drink a bit more water. Um, and maybe, you know, less. I think probably a lot of us, I can go through the day, especially if I'm sitting at my computer, just teas and coffees. Um, because they're kind of comforting aren't they and the coffee you think like keeps me awake but actually you know making sure you've got a bottle of water with you so it's just simple steps I think that you need to take first of all and try and establish that really good routine at eating regularly and eating around your training and is that also not sorry Michelle is that also not including so the snacking is it better just to start off with just sort of three basic meals making sure you've got all the food groups well, again, it, it depends on the person. Um, you know, some people need more food than others. So I'm the kind of person that needs to just eat more regularly. So, you know, I can't really go more than a few hours without food. Whereas some people are quite happy having three meals, but bigger, bigger meals. So again, it, it's very, very individual. And I think as, as, as your training volume increases, you know, so the more running you do, the more volume and intensity you do, then snacking actually becomes quite important because it really does help you sort of meet those energy demands from your training. Um, but, you know, say if you're only running three times a week, um, then maybe you don't need to snack as much. So it just depends, you know, it depends what your goals are. If your goal is to maybe try and lose a little bit of weight, then maybe you don't need to snack. So again, it's very, very individual. It's quite <laughs> yeah, so... So let's just go back to, because you mentioned a few points there that I've picked up on. So you'd mentioned that we should be eating before we go for a run, but not too, like don't leave it too long before we run. So what's the optimum time, kind of how long does food need to digest and get in our system so we can get the benefit from it? Well, it depends on what you're eating. Um, I mean, quite commonly, I will see people will leave very big gaps between eating and going for a run to say if people run after work you know they'll have lunch and then they'll work all afternoon and get swept over their lunch and then leave work and go for a run so really sort of the 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 guidelines are sort of anywhere between two and four hours right um, of a main meal um before you um before you run but of course it depends on the size of the meal so yeah. I would say if you're having breakfast to so say if you're going to have oats and berries and nuts and some yogurt then you can probably get away with sort of 90 minutes to two hours before you go out but if you're going to have a really big lunch then you might need a little bit longer 
Um, so then you might need three hours and then you might have a banana half an hour before you do that run just to top your energy level. Okay. So it depends on, on what you're having. I, I tend to run in the morning if I can, and I tend to run fasted. Well, I say that I have a bit of half a banana before I yeah. go. Yeah. And, and what I found, if I leave that run a little bit later in the morning and have my porridge and fruit and yeah. chia seed, you'd be pleased. Yeah. Know, um, I find I'm really sluggish on that run if I've run, run two hours later. I, it, I don't know if that's mental or that's just the fact. I don't find I run as well. Yeah. So if I get up and run. I mean, it depends on, um, again, on timing, because if you if you time it wrong, then, you know, if you do have oats, you know, oats, you know, obviously will cause a, a spike in your blood sugar levels. And if then those blood sugar levels go down, which they will, obviously, you eat something, your body releases insulin, your blood sugar levels go back down to, to where your body wants them to be. And then you run, you're starting off on sort of probably... The lower end of your blood sugar level so when you run you know you you're lacking a bit of energy so maybe you need to how long do you leave between your you're having your breakfast and your run i sort of in my head i have this figure of two hours just to, yeah. To, yeah so maybe move it a bit closer um maybe try 90 minutes yeah um so maybe move it a bit closer but also i think you get used to what you do and I mean, I'm terrible at running in the morning. I'm not used to getting up and going running. You know, I did that this weekend because I was working and, you know, I get up, have a banana, or I think I had a piece of toast and then I went out and I just don't feel great. And I feel terrible for the rest of the day because I'm generally used to getting up, having my breakfast and then running mid-morning or lunchtime. And so that's my time that I'm used to running yeah. and works best for me. So again, it could be that as well that that it's just what your body gets used to but I think I think with regards if you're always fasted running I don't think that's a good habit to get into because when you race you're not going to race fasted so actually yeah you need to get used to eating after food and not again eating you always need to you, you need to get used to eating after having a meal you know your breakfast yeah. because you're not going to race fasted no right okay yeah that's so true we're going to focus on race day don't we and thinking right we need to make sure we're eating the right breakfast so we need to be training in the same way don't we yeah but additionally yeah. um fasted running um does have its benefits and it's essentially if you're having half a banana then it's not sort of classified as completely fasted because obviously you are having something to get those blood sugar levels up um but you know running on low energy you're never going to get the most out of your run so it does help a bit you know like read about with sort of um you know fat adaptation and all that kind of stuff but additionally um if you're not running fueled because overnight your blood your glycogen levels deplete naturally yeah obviously yeah. to keep alive and to keep everything going you're using your carbohydrate stores to keep your blood sugar levels stable so you're already sort of your tank is already probably half empty and then you go for a run so you're kind of running on, on limited fuel mm -hmm. so especially if you're going to do an interval session or a slightly fast longer run you're not going to get the most out of that session no. And actually, it just creates quite a lot of stress in the body. So with fasted running, then, would you say you're better just going out and doing an easy run if you're running fasted? Yeah, I mean, again, it's very individual. And some people are very robust and very used to sort of fasted running. But, um, 
you're definitely not going to get the most out of your training if you're trying to put in efforts or a long run. So I would probably just keep your fasted running to sort of no more than sort of 45 minutes. Mm. Anything more than that, I'd probably fuel it. Not a far, not a fasted canicross run where you're going interval training all sorts, depending on what prey you see on the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. what would you suggest as a good? So, I obviously, and I don't know if this again is in my mind. Porridge, I love porridge, and I I, I eat it a lot. Um, but what would be good for a sort of a good breakfast, and then leave it ninety minutes or so to go out? What would you? What would be a good breakfast other than oats? So, I mean, the, the, if, you, if you're going to do it sort of within 90 minutes, you don't want anything that's too sort of fat dominant or protein. A bit of protein is fine because fat and protein do take a little bit longer to digest. Yeah. Um, so obviously things like a cooked breakfast you wouldn't be wanting. Um, but anything really, you know, like porridge um, with some fruit in or toast and peanut butter or even just toast and one egg, you know that that would would be fine even though obviously the egg is quite protein dominant I think just one egg probably would be fairly tolerable um cereal is is fine but I think you'd find that with a lot of cereal you know you're going to have quite a quick spike of your blood sugar levels yeah um so so maybe I need to stick to my porridge but maybe reduce my quantity (laughs) yeah I mean yeah I I mean obviously I don't know how much you have um but I'd probably move it to just a bit closer to your run personally okay yeah I left mine I had porridge this morning so I had my breakfast um about nine o'clock because I waited till after I'd kind of sorted school out and then I went for a run at 10 and I was fine on it actually um I think I'm used to doing that Yeah. yeah you do get you do get used to it and I think for anyone that's listening that's an ultra runner then actually getting used to eating a bit closer to running isn't a bad thing because obviously when you're doing ultras you're going to be stopping and eating and I mean you're not going to be having entire meals well actually some races you know for the really long races you do end up getting bits of pasta and soup and bread and things like that but it's not a bad thing as well sometimes to get used to running a bit closer to your food if you do ultras what's um so what about when we come back from a run what's important then to to fuel ourselves or keep ourselves going well you you know I think you hear quite a lot out there about sort of recovery and and what to eat and quite often you hear you know you must have protein as soon as you get back from your run you know you have this sort of magic window of sort of 20 to 30 minutes this window of opportunity that if you don't eat in that time then recovery is you know is is not going to happen but because the fact that most of us train once a day, some people do train twice a day, um, but the majority of runners train once a day. So that means we do have 24 hours to refuel our stores and recover and, you know, get ready for our next run. So just so long you're having something sort of within an hour of finishing your run and you want to have some carbs and you want to have some protein as well, um, then you should be fine. You don't really want to leave it longer than an hour. Um, because otherwise, obviously, then you are going to sort of be affecting your recovery rates, I'd say. Um, if you're doing a slightly more demanding session, I probably would say, you know, and I think, to be honest, I think most people do. You know, they come back home and they will, if they're not having a meal, they'll grab a banana or a bar or a piece of toast. 
most people generally will eat something. I'd say if you're doing an interval session, I probably would just have something when you get back just to get that recovery process going. Um, but you don't need to over obsess about it that I think a lot of people do. Um, just so long you're having something. So if, say, for example, you get back from a run. Let's say you run in the morning and lunchtime isn't for a few hours. Mm. I'd probably come back, maybe have some toast and peanut butter um, or a banana and a glass of milk and then have your lunch a few hours later. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> just keeping it simple, isn't it? Yeah, and it, and it is about keeping it simple. And it's just everything gets so overcomplicated because there's so much information out there and so many people on social media obviously giving their ideas of what they do and what works for them. And even the research, you know, can change. Even the science changes as we go. So it is hard to keep on top of it all. But that's why I think it's really important just to try and keep it simple. And that's what I do when I work with my athletes. I just try and keep it as simple and usable information as possible. I think that's great. But sometimes and I, they, they talk about your stomach, don't they, when you come back from home and you can't actually physically eat anything. And I mean, I, I don't get that very often, but yeah. that's that's going to be that could I don't know how long that can go on for when you before you want to eat something. I don't know if you've experienced yeah. that either of you. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that if I've done a very long, hard run, um, actually any long run for me, my appetite is really poor after a long run, which is really disappointing. And I feel really unfair, but um, I don't think my hunger since my after my last marathon, my hunger didn't really kick in until four days later. I mean, it was strange how that happens, isn't it? Yeah. What? What? Why is that? Strange. I don't. To be honest, I don't know. I don't know if it's. I think it's, and this is just sort of my thoughts on it. I think it's an aspect of stress. You know, when your body is is suffering sort of from a lot of inflammation and a lot of stress, and obviously that can affect your appetite um because your body's trying to deal with with all this stress that you've created because exercise does create stress and obviously I think that's why a lot of people if they do let's say a hard interval session on the track um or a hard long run actually a lot of people will say well I feel quite sick I don't feel like eating but unfortunately that is you know the real time when you really do need to make sure you're eating afterwards so for anyone I think especially sort of long runs you know come back and even make a smoothie so quite yeah. often I would do milk oats a banana and peanut butter and just whiz all that up and it's so much easier to drink yeah um rather than trying to eat and then hopefully as the day goes on you'll feel a bit more like eating solid food <laughs> but I like that's a really good tip yeah yeah I like a hot chocolate when I come back sometimes as well I just find that that really helps yeah well. yeah exactly so hot chocolate and a banana anything like that um to hopefully then sort of your, your appetite will, will get triggered later on <laughs> hopefully <laughs> so we we read a bit about well we read a lot about what people call superfoods is there such a thing um is there any foods that can be particularly helpful to help us with our running no I think you know the sort of whole, super, <laughs> the whole superfood thing I think is very much a sort of a media yeah. generated um thing to just you know create content really um, yeah I'm glad you said that Alex <laughs> yeah every food is a superfood isn't it yeah you know, blueberries have all their sort of super nutrient powers compared to you know bananas to almonds and brazil nuts you know and, and that's the thing every food has its sort of nutrient superpower because they're they're all individual so that's why as professionals we really promote people to try and have a 
variety, like variety of foods is really, really important. So making sure you're getting a good variety of protein foods, a good variety of whole grains, you know, to have quinoa and couscous and brown rice and pasta and, you know, sweet potato, normal potato. And then if you're looking at your plant-based foods, so instead of just having chia seeds, like you say you have, Louise, have mixed seeds. Instead of just having almonds, have mixed nuts. So that you're, hopefully, the aim is by the end of the week, you're having like, you know, with the plant-based foods, at least 30 different plant-based foods. So instead of having salad of just cucumber and tomato, you've got watercress, you've got rockets, spinach, avocado, beetroot. You know, you've got all different types of food. And even though it does sort of sound more labour intensive, you know, instead of just buying a bag of spinach, buy your mixed leaves or your herbs. You know, so you've got four different types of greens in there instead of one. So it's just simple steps like that that can make a difference because every food is important. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, because it's it's easy to get stuck into a habit of what we yeah. eat as well, isn't it? So, yeah, introducing that variety <laughs> is yeah. so important. Yeah. I can I mean, see what happens when he goes shopping. And I know I'm lucky because I know most husbands don't do the shopping, but he loves it. I think it's because he knows it's the only way he's going to get things like loads of crisps and chocolate into the house if he does the shopping. Um, it's true, honestly. Um he just always buys bags of spinach. That's all. Just bags of spinach. Spinach, spinach, spinach. And I'm just like, you know, can we just have a bit of variety with our green leaves, please? And I, I think it's true because I, I, I don't plan my meals necessarily, but I tend to buy the same sort of things and then I'm yeah. match. And I, I think we have a fairly healthy diet. I mean, I mean, it'd be really interesting, actually. I'm going to write it down this week and just see how much variation I have. I know I don't vary on breakfast because I love my porridge and my I do overnight oats. So that kind of is just a habit. But um, the way you can vary that um, is, you know, by having different fruits. Yeah. And, you know, maybe having peanut butter on it or adding high protein yogurt to it or, you know, you can, you can keep do it in different ways. Yeah. Yes, I suppose that the grains are the same. But, you know, you can, you know, look up recipes and you can make think porridge um, with um, rice. So it's kind of a bit like sort of rice pudding. So if mm, people yeah. that suffer from sort of GI issues we try to sort of try a, like a rice-based type porridge. So almost, I guess, a bit like rice pudding yeah. um, because that's a bit more gentle on the stomach or you can make it out of quinoa. I've heard it's not very nice, but you know, there are recipes <laughs> to make your breakfast out of quinoa. So if you were, did, I mean, I just don't have time. No one has time in the morning to be doing that, do they? No. But it is just about just, just, sitting, you know, just keeping it simple. Well, if you had pasta yesterday have couscous the next day you know if you had chicken yesterday have some salmon today you know it's just simple simple things like that yeah. which I which I think we do do I was worrying about it yeah. when we, when I knew you was coming up when you were coming on I was thinking oh gosh is it do I have a varied diet but I think I do I'm sure you do I also do like my chocolate as well but anyway that's another <laughs> that's <all right>. so <laughs> do I <laughs> yeah what's that cream eggs or something else <laughs> no, no, no. I've just had a load of mini eggs before this but that's okay you know the thing is it's you know there's no and I know it sounds really cheesy but there's no bad food it's just a quantities more of a bad balance you know if yeah if you eat properly and have you know all the nutrients and fruit and veg and you know whole grains then you know what's the harm there's no harm no, it's everything in moderation, and it's really—it's not a very exciting term, is it? But I think it's really good to remember that. 
No, and I think I think you're right. And actually, that kind of leads us on really nicely to the next one, which it was um, running and weight loss. So, and again, you know, if we're canny crossing, we're doing shorter different distances. We might be doing them a bit faster than than others, but. What sort of, I mean, this was one of your questions, wasn't it, Michelle? Yeah, I get asked this quite a lot because I'm, I'm, you know, I, I coach a lot of athletes in running endurance and some of them are wanting to lose weight, but they're also wanting to train for things. So I, I do ask, I do get asked this quite a lot and it's something I'm really interested mm. um, to see what your opinion is. You know, is it possible to follow a running program where you're looking to improve your running whilst following a weight loss program at the same time and should we be can it do us any harm well I think again you know it's quite difficult to talk on that generically but I think um it depends on what you know so for example I might have I quite often have people come to me sort of eight maybe ten weeks say I've got a marathon in ten weeks time but I want to lose weight can you help me that is not the time to be doing it no no um because you can't you know, you can do very simple steps like reducing, you know, not cutting out, but reducing things like the chocolate, the higher calorie, the higher calorie foods, maybe looking at your alcohol intake. So you can do things like that um, to obviously just try and sort of reduce the calories a little bit. But anything, you know, you it's a, it's a, it's a really tricky balance because anything that um, is going to reduce the calories and obviously it's going to affect your performance but additionally you do find that a lot of people especially I find sort of maybe new runners or new to marathon running for example do potentially increase their intake more than they need to yeah yeah and I think that potentially is something that you might want to look at you know so they might think oh I've done a long run so I can just go and instead of having one piece of cake I can have two or three well you know that's obviously just an example (laughs) you see what I mean they kind of there's a potential that maybe they overcompensate for the exercise that they've done um so that's worth looking at but I think you know if somebody seriously wants to lose weight um then it needs to be done at a time when performance isn't necessarily um a focus yeah um you know and they can lose weight and they can reduce the calories um and you don't want to reduce the calories too much no but you know you don't want to be in any more than sort of a 500 calorie deficit um from what you're expanding um but it's about doing it at the right time in the year as well and what is the just again? Because I I always get confused with this. But what is the recommended for a female and male um, calorie calorie intake? Well, it it depends on height, weight. I mean, obviously, you've got the basic government guidelines that for female is two thousand and male is two thousand five hundred. But you know, you can work it out um, on an individual basis. So you look at someone's work out someone's BMR, which is their basal metabolic rate, when using their weight, their weight, their height, their gender and their date of birth. So that then gives your basic um, BMR. So that's the calories you need just to survive, just to to live. And then on top of that, you will add a physical activity level, Mm -hmm. which will then take into account your occupational activity level. Um, So say, for example, you were a builder, that would be quite high and then your um sport activity level so that can range from sort of low all the way up to extremely active so that then adds on the extra calories for your activity 
And again, that's still not, you know, that that's still just, just based on, you know, basic calculations. Mm-hmm. It's still not 100% personal to you, but it's, it's, it's more of a guideline, really. It's fascinating, isn't it? Just, um, and I think, but as, but the government guidelines, I suppose, are a guideline that we can start to yeah. use for, for what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of runners do underfuel quite a lot, and I think especially a lot of female runners, you'll definitely see. I will definitely see a lot of them at under two thousand calories a day. Um, and again, the risk is if you're underfueling, your body will compensate for that, yeah. and your base, you know, your metabolic rate will will slow down, and um, then weight loss is not going to happen anyway. So you know it's that fine balance of making sure you're eating enough to support your body um and making sure your metabolic rate stays you know the cogs are still turning as fast as they need to so i think the sort of what i'm taking away from this is for new runners or new canny crossers is that yeah maybe it's the healthy balanced diet to work on (laughs) and yeah not so many of the chocolate snacks to start with if a weight loss if a weight loss thing is what you're after and regular meals as well yeah Yeah. just the the three meals a day um you know snacks on the right things if you feel like you need a snack um and that's just a really good good place to start yeah no i think that's really good yeah fascinating Okay, one question I have, and this is something I've been thinking about and coming back from injury and stuff, and I'm still, it's still my goal. It might not happen this year, but I want to work up to it, is I'd like to run an ultra. Yeah. Uh, a, a small one. <laughs> um, and I quite like to do it with pickle, but again, you know, that depends on a lot of things. Yeah. But what, so, I mean, to, to start off with, I just need to get my nutrition right in that I've got my basic nutrition right. But you see people, as you mentioned earlier, eating on the run. And what are your tips for eating on the run? And what sort of distance do you need to start thinking about fueling on your run? Well, I think any anything over 90 minutes, I think you need to start thinking about taking on some carbs when, when you're running. I mean, you can quite easily run for two hours yeah. without without carbs um but again it depends on so say if you had a two-hour run scheduled in and the rest of your week was quite easy then yeah maybe you could get away with not taking carbs but if you had a two-hour ID run and you knew the next week you had a hard interval session on the Tuesday maybe a hill session on the Saturday and another long run you might want to think well actually you know I should maybe take some carbs on this because it, it's not just about looking at that day as well. It's about looking at what you've done before, what you're doing after. Um, but I think, you know, if you're working towards an ultra, the sooner and the earlier you can get used to processing carbs and digesting carbs on the go, the better your your race nutrition is going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, you know, if I'm – and for any long stuff I do, I will start taking – gels very early on in my training just so it just becomes normal you know every half an hour gel every half an hour gel so is that what what you'd recommend a gel well again um it's really individual so you know gels are obviously very easy because you know you just open them squeeze them down job done yeah they're portable aren't they yeah so they're portable they do what's written on the tin you don't need to chew them, but then lots of people don't like gels. And also I think with gels, especially in ultras, you can get a real taste fatigue. You know, they're very sweet. 
And for me, when I've done, I haven't done ultra for a few years now, but um, when I have done my ultras, I reckon I can manage gels up to about sort of five hours. Um, And then after that, you're like, no, I don't, you know, so you need to, you need to sort of look at, so obviously you'd have a sports drink, you'd probably have a bottle of water in one, um, in one pocket and a bottle of sports drink in another. So that would be another source of carbs. And then I would say, you know, you could choose something like a bar, you could have banana, you know, other sort of maybe sort of solid foods that you want to interchange. So I would make a plan for me and I would have my sports drink as my main consistent flow of carbohydrate. Yeah. And then um, then I'd have every hour I'd have something different. So I'd sort of aim to minimum have sort of 40 to 50 grams of carbs an hour. You should really have six, you can have up to, you know, ideally you want minimum 60 um but you know that that is takes a lot of practice to to get there have that well just to have that you know it's much easier on a shorter one but if you're sort of out for 10 hours then that yeah it takes some going so you could just have a chocolate bar um you know some people like take packets of crisps i take i've took sandwiches Sandwiches. i I don't mind i can eat i can eat and run (laughs) my body's okay with that but not everybody's is is it yeah so i think it 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 is just a matter of working out what works for you but i think you want to find that have the basis as a sports drink and maybe some gels and then on top of that you can add yeah add solid of your choice or just take stuff in the checkpoints yeah i'll uh i'll be uh, let's get my base right and then i'll be uh yeah. getting in touch alex yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Oh, no, you've, you've really made it sound very simple alex and of course it is simple and we do tend to have a tendency as humans and runners to overcomplicate things like this don't we um, yeah i think so i mean the thing is it's not i suppose for me because i am a runner i i kind of you know, I have the same struggles that everyone has. And so I suppose I can take the information I know and I know how to make it usable for runners because I'm a runner myself. So I know what it's like to run 5K fast and I know what it's like to run 120K through the mountains slowly. You know, I've done it. I have done it all. I've been doing it for 20 years now. And so I suppose, and it's not simple, but it's trying to make it as simple as possible for yourself. I think that's the key. Yeah. No, and I think I think that's probably the biggest takeaway. And I also think, you know, for, for new people coming into Canicross as well, I think it's just, yeah, just keep it simple and get a balanced diet. And I think that's the biggest thing I'm going to take away from it and make sure I'm doing that. I mean, I think for me, being new to Canicross, um, I I probably, I don't take my Canicross runs as seriously as I do my other runs. But, but you know, that I'm new to it. And for me, it's fun. You know, yeah. it's not much training for me. Um, it's fun. But actually, canny cross, for different reasons, actually do make me more tired than other runs um, because the it is different, isn't it? You know, you're using a lot of strength, especially Maggie. You know, Maggie, I'm sure, since Pickle, she's a very, very strong puller. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, you know, for the first sort of two miles, you know, I'm like bracing myself, trying to just, you know, calm. And I'm, a re- you know, without sounding big-headed, I'm a reasonably fast runner. <laughs> you exactly. Know, he, you know, so I'm using a lot more strength and I find I come back with niggles in different places that I've never had niggles. So like I might, I've never in 20 years had niggles in my knee. But after I can across at the moment, 
I'm having a niggle in my knee because I'm assuming she's pulling me yeah. in a different way and my body's moving in a slightly different way. And so actually, you know, I learned that I shouldn't underestimate my hour run or, you know, I might do eight miles with Maggie. I shouldn't underestimate that. No. Um, and I should look after myself just as well as I do on my other runs. Um, and, and I think you're right about Canicross changes your running style and you tend to overstride a lot more. So you've got more, more of that load going through you. Um, yeah. I mean, you'll know if you're overstriding or not. But um, yeah, and I think I think people forget that as well. So strength, which I'm sure you do, Alex, uh, strength training is uh, getting on my bandwagon there. <laughs> is uh, is is so important and again especially as we get older but but you're right it's people sort of think oh you're just going out for a run with your dog it's cheating and all, and all yeah, that but people always say oh um she's doing all the hard work or oh that looks much easier and I just say no <laughs> it's actually not <laughs> you know I said it's hard for different reasons actually yeah. Mm. you know and, and sometimes it is great you're like great you're pulling me up this hill or <laughs> it, it is putting different demands on you and mentally yeah. it's putting different demands on you as well and especially as Pickle and Maggie very similar you know when Maggie is off the lead when we can cross I have to be on the lookout you know I have to be concentrating and you know so it is just different demands isn't it yeah and you do yeah, and yourself and, but as you say, we still need to, we're still using our body and we're still exercising. Yeah. So we need to take those nutritional yeah. demands in, in seriously, basically. Yeah. With yeah. 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 Um, no, that's, that's fantastic. Um, have you got any other questions, Michelle? No, that's been brilliant. You've really simplified everything for me there, Alex. Thank you so much. Um, so where can people find you if they want to know more or they want some personal um, nutrition so I, I have a website and a blog. Um, I haven't added to the blog for a while. I must do that. Um, but it's got lots of sort of articles on. Um, that's the sports dietitian. Um, also, um, I'm on Instagram, the sports dietitian, um, and a Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't yeah. found that one, Alex. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put all the links below. Um, thank you. Yeah, so thank you so much for your time. Really enjoyed this and, and learned a lot, or you know, uh, from it. So thank you so much, Alex. Thank and you for having me on. That's great. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of Candy Cross Conversations. We'll see you in the next one. Yeah.